In order to run in sandals, and especially a barefoot, you have to change your stride. Welcome to Run, Thrive, Survive podcast. I'm your host, Sierra Carter, and here we will untangle the madness of our health by understanding our mind in action. If you are looking for more energy, more productivity, and just an overall happier life, you are right where you need to be. We will balance emotional, mental, and physical health every single day because some days we thrive. Some days we just survive. But here on the podcast together, we will run our lives. Welcome, Eric, to the podcast. I'm super happy to have you here. We met over at the podcast movement, and I mean, we really hit it off with our love for running. So I want to welcome you to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks, Sierra. I'm doing doing really well. We're having uh, some some good weather. We live in Kansas City, and uh, we're having some good weather. And so I've been out for a run already this morning, and uh, it was a little bit humid, but uh, the temperatures are down from what they were a week ago. So it's it's it's, it's a great day. I'm so jealous. It's still hot here in Florida. Actually, I think it's more humid than it was before. So. Yeah, and, and and it's it's kind of funny because uh, when I see people complaining about heat, and when I complain about heat, I can't keep thinking, oh yes, but people in Florida think we're wimps because they face that all the time. So, <laughs> and I think, I mean, so real quick background about Eric and I: we both he has a podcast and I have a podcast, and we were talking. Well, obviously, everyone's listening to this podcast. That was a dumb thing to point out, but we were talking about it. I know how that works. I do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about on his podcast, which I want you guys to check out pretty soon when the episode comes out, where people don't understand that Florida is a humid heat. And I know people complain about the dry heat. I would rather be in the dry heat than over here in the humidity because you can't escape it. You just can't train and you can't escape it. So. Yeah, and and remember we may mentioned the fact that uh, you you said your humidity was somewhere in the ninety percent, and I was like, how in the world do you even breathe? Because, I mean, in Kansas we have a variety of weather. Sometimes it's a dry heat, uh, but we've had a lot of rain this year, and so because of the rain, and then you know we we get up into the upper nineties, sometimes hundreds. Uh, but with the, the ground being wet, all of that moisture comes up and it's, it's humid and, and it's like hard to breathe. I'm telling, I was going to pull it up right now here in Florida. It's 76% humidity, which is, which is actually kind of low, which That's is low, low for Florida, yeah. but it feels like 102 outside. So it's mm-hmm. like 88, but feels like 102. So that's just about where I'm at. It's at about 1.15, you know, it's the afternoon. We should not be out running, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we had, we had heat advisories you know, because, I mean, and as that's that's the other thing that I started thinking about is this heat advisory because the the uh, the heat index was going to be up like 110. And I'm like, did they even give heat advisories in Florida? <laughs> right. Because it's like, <laughs> you just kind of expect that. But yeah, I went out and run it. I think the heat advisory was 115 was the heat index. And, and I was like, oh, I probably should do some heat training. And so I went out and ran three or four miles, I think. So slowly. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you got to slow down. But yeah. Got to yeah. slow down. So while we're talking about running, go ahead and give us a background of yourself. Like, who are you and how did you start running? And like, what is your podcast about? 
what am I, my, my podcast is called the ultra marathon mindset trail Love talk. It. Uh, so it's, I try to make it like a virtual trail run. When trail runners get together, we just kind of start out introducing ourselves and, and the topics kind of flow as we, as we go uh, without an agenda. So that, that's kind of the, the flavor of my podcast, but I call it the ultra marathon mindset because uh, I am a mindset coach. I was trained as a life coach and, uh, and I was running, uh, running my first 100 mile race and my pacer made the comment on Facebook afterwards that if you want to know the mental side of running, you should look, look, look this guy up. And I'm like, wow, you know, I've been trying to get traction as a life coach. I said, the mindset of an ultra marathon running that, that far is the same kind of mindset. You need to change your life uh, because that's what I did. I, the, a lot of the limiting beliefs I had, I was working on before I became a runner, mm-hmm. well, before I started running. And uh, so so I was able to incorporate those those kinds of mindset tools that I used to break through some of my limiting beliefs that I had for for years, uh, and bring those into ultra running, and allowed me to run what people think are crazy distances. <laughs> how how far are those crazy distances? While we're on the topic, so far my crazy my craziest distance is 100 miles. Uh, my first attempt at running 100 miles, I made at 84. And uh, didn't make the cutoff because we had thunderstorms and the trails turned to grease. I mean, just <laughs> my my last, the you know, I ran overnight. It was fine. Ran through the rain. I was fine. But but when the rain soaked in, the trails were just so slippery. My my pacer, my pacer was behind me. She and she's very very thin woman, and she was behind me trying to push me up the hills. And we were just slipping and sliding. We looked like the three, you know, looked like a comedy show just as we were trying to, trying to maneuver down the trails. And uh, so I wasn't able to move, go fast enough because we were just falling all the time. So let's start at the beginning because this is, I love this story or I just, I love the fact that Oh, 84 miles. Not no big deal. You know, like oh, I signed up for an ultra. No big deal. Like a hundred miles. Eh, no, no big deal. Literally, it is all your mindset. So I want to like take a step back and I want you to walk us through. How did this start? How did the mindset work start? How did the running start? Have you always been this way? How did this just how did the ball roll? Uh, short answer. No, I have not always been this way. Um, I I've what I found about limiting the, you know, talked about limiting beliefs. I had uh, this limiting belief that, that I finally identified through a lot of work because I was, I was kind of a self-improvement junkie. I read all the books and the Tony Robbins and went to conferences and mindset, you know, and work. And so I knew, you know, I knew kind of where the beliefs came from. I knew it was in my subconscious, but my belief was that I was not supposed to be a winner came from, came from my childhood and the stories that I, you know, in this, if you know, the way things get into your subconscious uh, in your childhood comes kind of without a filter. And so I grew up with this belief that, that I was, that, that, that I really wasn't supposed to excel and, and be that, that person who was out there and celebrating their wins. So, uh, so in, in competitions, like, you know, I do one-on-one competition like tennis or uh, ping pong, I could play to a tie. I, I mean, and, and, People who were, you know, I was just, so I knew that I was just as good as the other person, but after the tie, I would always lose. And so that was, that was kind of the mindset struggle that I had. And, and it affected me in, in a lot of ways in my success, in my, in my finances, in my career, uh, that, that I would always get to a certain point and then I'd fail. Uh, or, you know, or if, if I try, especially if I tried to stretch beyond my, you know, 
comfort zone, limiting beliefs. So it was, you know, if I got to, got to that point, it's like, Oh, you know, and I, and I never really knew where it was. It was all, it was all subconscious. It was all under the surface, but so I, I, I failed and, or quit. And, uh, and that was just kind of my life. Um, and so I, I, I found some things finally that, that helped me to get past that. And so I got, I, I had tr- been trying to lose weight for about 15, maybe 20 years. And I told myself I needed to lose 15 pounds, but really it was about 30 that I needed to lose. <laughs> so <laughs> got to start somewhere though. So 20, yeah. <laughs> somewhere in there. Yeah. And my, my wife knew she, she knew it was like, that I wasn't really telling the truth to myself. She was like, you're really, <laughs> but, but you know, that's, that's a guy thing. I've t- I t- I talked to a, a friend of mine and he was kind of in the same point, same boat. He said, Oh, I need to lose 25. And his girlfriend said, no, it's 50. So, <laughs> so that's kind of what we do. <laughs> Lie to ourselves. But in 2017, I started out and I said, at the end of this year, I'm going to weigh under 200 pounds. And so, and that was that was a different way of framing. So the the way I framed the goal was different. Bef- instead of saying I need to lose fifteen pounds, I said a year from a year from now at the end. And it was it was in January. I said this. Um, I said at the end of this year I'll let weigh under two hundred pounds, and the weight started coming off. And I started started changing my habits. I started changing, transforming myself. Now I wasn't running, but but I was I was getting the weight off. I was doing some things to get in shape, started riding a bicycle. Um, so, so those mindset beliefs started, started changing. Uh, and then I think it was that year. I also was in a, in a competition and it came down to, there were four of us, an archery competition and there were four of us. And it was just kind of a men's group thing that we were doing and we were tied. And I, and my mindset started, my mind started saying, this is the, t- this is the point where you choke. This is, you've been here before you always lose. And that, that was that was running through my mind. And I, and, and then I stopped myself. I said, wait, wait, no, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not that guy that loses. I, I have, I, this is, I've gone past that. Uh, I'm not losing this. And so I, I zeroed in. I had to, I had to shoot, I think four or five perfect bullseyes. And, uh, and I focused in and just told myself, I'm not going to lose this. I'm not. And I, I dug in and, and I won, I got a trophy. Oh, if you guys are watching this on the video, he does <laughs> show a video. Love that trophy. I, I got a trophy. And not only did I not not only did I get the trophy, but I told myself, this is what I need. This is what because and I, I felt I mean I raised my hand, hands celebrated, which was another part of my limiting beliefs that I was I I didn't if I did win, I didn't celebrate. I always tried to downplay. Oh no, it wasn't that big a deal. And and when you do that, you're telling your mind, if, if you're, if you do win and you tell you, you tell your mind, it's not that important. Then your mind is like, oh, well, we won't do that again because he didn't care. And so I, I got to that point of winning. I was like, yes, that was me. I, and, and I knew that, that it was not a fluke. It was something I did on purpose and I felt great about it. And so that's kind of mindset, mindset shift that I took with me. And then in the fall, a friend of mine ran a 50 mile trail race and I kind of looked at his pictures and I went, I could do that. <laughs> and, and so I, I had runners. quit running. I had quit running when I was late thirties. And so, uh, no, not late, late twenties. So early thirties. And, uh, so I was, uh, right. Turning 60 that year. And I said, okay, I can, I can do this. So I quit for, tw- quit for 30 years and I started up again. And, uh, so, uh, so that was, that was my introduction into trail run, trail running. 
I absolutely love it. I just want to, I want to pinpoint a few things that you said there that one, you had to figure out that you had these limiting beliefs and the, the limiting belief that you have is actually so common. And I think people see it as the, I don't deserve this. A lot of people don't want to do something. A lot of people don't podcast. A lot of people don't write a blog. A lot of people don't follow their dreams because they don't believe that they deserve it. And they're like, well, everybody else is better than me. They put in more work. I don't deserve something like that. So the fact that you were able to identify that limiting belief and really get around it, that you know you always fail or you, you don't belong first and you you celebrate it. Celebrating a win is so, 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 so huge. And we, as society, have kind of downed it into saying, if you celebrate a win, you're cocky or you're narcissistic or uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, like you shouldn't celebrate all these wins when in fact, like your your mindset, your men- the mental game that you're playing with yourself, you're losing if you're not celebrating. Yes. And, and we society kind of wants us to to downplay it i mean that right. that if that if we really do feel good about ourselves and you know the, well you're you're making the other people feel bad you shouldn't you shouldn't do that and that i understand the sentiment but it it really does it really does put limits on us it now does. you know there are people who are i mean i've i've had competitions had competitions against people who were arrogant and I was like, okay, yeah, that's a little bit too much. You know, <laughs> it wasn't that big of a win. Right. But, uh, and, and, you know, you see it on TV, you know, that the, there are, are athletes that you, they just, they come across as being cocky and, and probably not somebody I'd want to hang out with. But the, there is, there's got to be a balance. There's, you, if you, if you downplay, if you downplay it, your, your mind will say, well, it's not that important. So next time I won't try that hard. Right. Right. And that's that's really where I was at because uh, I had I was pretty firmly into if I do win I I, sh- I should act very cool and and like like it was no big deal. <laughs> and so many of us get <laughs> to that point. I mean, you'd see it in the Olympics too. Like the first place, the gold medalist will be up there. Like I was expected to win, and they're they don't look excited. But maybe third, mm-hmm. if you've seen that picture, kind of scroll around social media. That third place winner, there's a picture where first and second are like, well, we were supposed to be here. Like who cares? Like that we won it. And then third place is like, I got bronze. I cannot believe I got bronze. <laughs> and they're just yeah. so excited. And it's all about your mindset. So real quick, I just want to back it up and ask you one quick thing before we um, really talk about, you know, mindset and running. I talk a lot about behaviors and, you know, like in behavior um, psychology and things like that, we have two reasons we do a lot of things, either to get something or to avoid something. When you were working on this mindset change, what kind of key habits, what, what was the one key habit that you changed that you saw just superseded the rest of your life that just leaked into the rest of your life and really made all of the difference? Was there just like one key pivotal moment or was it literally a series of things that you had to do? There were, there were several things, but I would say, and I didn't realize, didn't realize it until you just asked. So that was a, that's a great question because, because it came to me as you, as you said that I started doing things for me. Right there. And the uh, you know again you know, kind of that that same that, that, that same mindset of you're not supposed to win is that that you're really supposed to serve others you're supposed to be your your life you know the the best life is a life in dedicated in service to others and 
that that that's good that's okay but we have to realize that even a life dedicated in service to others you do it for you right. that that everything and and, and I was doing things for my. I, I was living that way. I mean, that I was doing things for myself. But what I, the story I was telling myself is that I'm selfless. That that this isn't for me. This is for them. And when I finally came to the fact that I have to love myself, I have to love myself enough to do the hard work to change to to make myself be the kind of person that I want to be, the kind of person I dream of, the hero, you know, uh, the hero of my own story, and to build myself up in order that I can be the person to do that. And, and so it, it sounds self-centered. It sounds selfish. It sounds, you know, that, you know, that we're not supposed to, you know, it sounds like you're not supposed to live that. It sounds, it sounds like you're going to be arrogant and a jerk, but loving yourself and taking the time to make yourself be the best you can is, is that's, that was a key for me. When I made that, when I made that mental switch of saying, I am going to be the best person that I can be, and I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to do what it takes to to become that person for me, not not for anybody else, not to not to impress anybody else, but to be that for me, so that I can feel good about who I am. Right. That's that's really the that was really the mental switch that that changed things for me. It's such a game player game changer as well. It takes, it's so hard for people to understand that when society is beating down, you should be doing everything for other people. It's so hard. Now, I want to switch into you running. So you've got a race coming up. Yes. And I just want to talk to you a little bit because we had a cool conversation and I was so excited when you said that um, we were on the same page about the barefoot running. And uh, yeah. that is something that you do. So I want to bring up that idea. So you're an ultra marathoner. You've got a hundred mile race coming up. What, what did you say? September 11th? Cause my September marathons, 11th. yeah, and my marathons the 12th. That, and it's the one that I didn't finish. See? And so, okay. So two things, how is that mindset going into this marathon? But what are you doing differently? Well, actually let's talk about your method in running. Why do you run in sandals or barefoot when you're trail running? And how did you, how did you get to that position? I got to that position in, after I failed, failed to do the, the, tra- the hundred mile trail race. My running friend said, 84 miles is just a training run. We've got this other hundred mile race that some of us, some of us are doing down in Oklahoma in six weeks. Uh, you're ready. Let's go. And uh, it was on gravel roads. So I, I had only trained on roads for about, maybe 20 miles that year. And so uh, it was very, very, I, I did it. I finished 31 hours and 31 hours and 20 minutes, I believe. But I, oh no, I had a bonus mile. They, they, gave, they gave an option for an extra mile. So I ran the extra mile. It was up a hill. Uh, they gave you, uh, gave you an extra swag if you, went up, if you went up and did the extra mile. So, so yeah, I, I, 101 miles. Oh um, but I was running in, running in shoes, a pretty, pretty thick pair of shoes, and my laces, I didn't get them loose enough. And so at about 58 miles, I had this pain in my tendon on the top of my foot that ran up my shin. It felt like somebody was sticking a knife in my foot. And, and actually, I wasn't able to, to run. I had to do a fast walk for the rest of the race. But I finished. And in ultra marathons, there's a lot of walking involved. And so my, wow. my walking skills, I'd been practicing and, and I was able to, to walk it in. So, uh, so that was, that was my, 
that was the, the, the thing that pushed me. I'd been reading about barefoot running and sandal running. And I have, a, there's a guy that I, that is in my running group. He runs in sandals. So I, I was exposed to it. I'd kind of been thinking about it. So that was, that was kind of the impetus. I, I hurt my foot. <laughs> <laughs> you were miserable during a hundred miles. Oh no. So you had to change something. Now, what did you think? So when you switched over, what was the learning curve like? Like, how long did it take you to get used to barefoot running? What was the mindset change that you had to do? Walk us through that. Well, I I started in the the, the, the first of the years in January. I, I bought a pair of uh, four mil four millimeter thick sandals. So I went like I didn't transition into like uh, zero drop shoes. And well, it's it's just I said I'm just going to do this. So I got four millimeter. Hirachi style sandals. And, uh, and I went out. And so my physically, I was able to, you know, I was able to run hundred miles before, but three miles is, was about the limit. And so wow. my feet would feel, my feet would still feel okay when I quit. But if I went farther than that, um, about an hour later, it just, my, my feet really, really hurt. So, so yeah, I went out and ran about three miles at a time and it took me about three months to get my feet strong enough that I felt comfortable that I could run about any distance that I wanted. Can you explain to us the reason why um, barefoot running is actually a lot better for you than wearing the thick hoka or whatever you call them, hookah, hoka shoes? Oh, yes, that was, that was the shoe that I left. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, so you went from speed. the hoka to like literally nothing. Goats, yes. Yeah. Wow. Hoka speed goats, which was like, they're huge. Now they, they still have a, fairly minimal drop. There are only four millimeters of drop. So, uh, uh, but, but still, uh, yeah, I went full barefoot, you know, not full barefoot, but full on, full on, no, no padding at all. Um, from the, from the hokas. So why is this uh, so much better for runners? The, in order to run in sandals and especially a barefoot, you have to change your stride. Um, if you come down on your heel at all, uh, for an extended period of time, it's, it's, your body's going to tell you about it. And, uh, and so you have a more natural running form. Uh, you shorten your stride, which also limits the impact on the rest of your body. Um, I take shorter steps and faster and, uh, and land on midfoot or forefoot, uh, limit, uh, sometimes going down, down steep hills, I'll, my heel will hit first, but I'm usually slowing, usually going a lot slower. So, uh, so yeah, the, the, the running, running mechanics that your body does when you run in sandals or barefoot is, uh, is totally different. And so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's the appeal of barefoot running. Uh, now a lot of people still get injured because old habits are hard to break. Yeah. And so, um, but, but yeah, I, I was able to run, uh, no, uh, no injury issues. I, I, after about uh, six, eight months, I developed a little bit of plantar fasciitis, but uh, I, I attribute that to not having, still not having the right form. I was, I was pushing off with my feet or pushing off with my toes. Uh, so yeah, it, it was, it's, a uh, it's, and I'm still working on, you know, still working on my form, still working to improve my form. And it's been about a year and a half. And so it, it, it also, it helps me. You know, part of part of my mindset training um, was a meditation practice that I started, and I brought my meditation practice into my running. So as I run, I I am scanning and getting feedback constantly from my body, 
of how where, where my feet are landing, how my how my shoulder, you know, just it's it's almost a whole body feedback of what's going on between my mind and my body, and and so running in sandals gives me much more feedback through my feet Absolutely. as to where my feet are, how they're landing, how how the rest of my body is moving. Now I have to ask you because I mean I've re- I I've looked into the same thing and I we we talked about like I don't have I'm not running in sandals but I don't have thick shoes like my Brooks people are yelling at me they are run down they're Brooks Hyperion they're flat as they are people usually mm-hmm. use them between a track or kind of a distant shoe I mean my people at my uh, running store here think I'm insane that I run marathons in them but they're so comfortable and I can feel myself hit the ground and I haven't had any injuries in them and when I learned about it you know the idea behind the barefoot running is it strengthens your foot which strengthens pretty much your legs the rest of your body without ruining your gait a lot of times if we're running on padding your muscles are completely different and I think you're the one that told me you had the scan done where it shows how the muscles move and how your foot grabs, right? Yes. It was, uh, somebody shared it on, on Instagram and I copied it. So I, I (laughs) stole it, stole it. Hey, I love it. But, but, but uh, for reference, it was a, a a man who jumped, jumped up bare. He was barefoot, jumped up and landed on about an inch of foam. And it was a slow motion slow motion video. And as his, his foot came down on the foam, all the muscles in his feet contracted. And then he did the same thing on concrete. And when his foot landed on concrete, all the muscles relaxed and you could see his foot spread out. So the, the difference in the difference in the dynamics of, of having the foam under your foot, which is constantly making your muscles in your foot contract versus landing on a hard surface, which is spreading, you know, spreading it, the muscles and the bones spread out to absorb the impact. Now, how have you found this for your training for this, uh, the hundred miler coming up? How have you been using it? Like, how do your feet feel? Are they aching the next day? Are your knees aching? Like, what have you seen completely different now that you're training for it this way, opposed to what you did last time when you ran this race? Um, I'm running faster with less effort. Uh, I mean, not, not significantly. And, and I'm not a fast runner. So if, if I'm still a back of the pack, back of the pack, but, uh, but my times, my, my miles per, you know, per mile time is about a minute, minute to two minutes faster just in training. Wow. Uh, and so, and, and with actually, actually less effort. Now it's, if my form breaks down, then, then I, I slow down and it gets, it gets harder. But as long as I keep my form my form up. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm moving faster. Um, as far as uh, my feet are stronger. I mean, it's, I, I also have a, the, uh, the benefit of working barefoot in the summertime. So I, I wear sandals and, and I'm barefoot most, most of the day. Uh, if I go someplace, you know, more formal, I'll put on shoes, but I've, I'm pretty much (laughs) have the last two summers been barefoot, including, this summer building building a deck out back and last summer building a patio pouring concrete on the patio um except for the pouring of the concrete i was barefoot was with a whole building the forms and put hauling the gravel and packing the gravel it's uh it it's it's i've found that the uh, it's more psychological uh fear of hurting your feet of being barefoot and so uh 
so yeah, I, I was able to work a shovel and uh, and be be barefoot for most of the summer. So so yeah, I, I have strength in my feet. Um, I can pretty much do anything that I want to. Ladders, uh, climbing ladders, being on ladders, barefoot. Um, yeah, it, it. My my feet are strong enough, and so uh, the the issue that I am have been working on is the uh, the abrasion of the straps on my sandals and so um, i bought a new pair the pair of sandals that i that i initially bought that were uh they're about 13 millimeters thick what kind are uh, they for anybody listening if they're thinking because they blue, might be thinking like keens or you know like what yeah, kind of sandals no, no. do you wear they i wear uh lunas which uh is a, a brand they're, they're uh, named after the taramara one of the taramara indians uh Barefoot Ted was there, and Manuel Luna made him a first made him his first pair out of a out of a tire, and so he had a tire, and they strapped uh, put uh, leather and and that, and so uh, Barefoot Ted came back and and started the Luna Sandal Company, and so it's it's based on that that design. Still, it's just a, a flat piece of rubber, same same thickness front to back. Um, provides a little bit of, there's a little bit of cushion to it, but, uh, but it's pretty much just, just a piece of rubber with uh, straps on it. It's pretty much there to make sure you don't step on like sharp rocks and glass and things like that. Right. Yes. Uh, and it was an upgrade from my four, the, the four millimeters that I had before didn't protect me enough from the big rocks. And so on, on a fairly mild trail, um, I can go full barefoot if there's no glass, uh, I can use the, the four millimeter, uh, just on, on mountain bike trails. But when I get into a lot of rocks, I needed a little bit more. So I bought the Lunas. Uh, and so I've got about 500 miles, a little over 500 miles on the Lunas and my feet have spread and grown a little bit. And so they, they were fine when I started, but they're, they're rubbing, they're a little bit tight now on my feet because my feet have gotten bigger. So I, I purchased a, a pair of bedrocks, bedrock sandals. And so I've got, I think, probably close to 100 miles on them. And I'm about to modify. Today, I'm going to modify them, trim trim some off the back and trim a little bit off the front and take my power sander and round some of the edges. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what you're going to be using for the race coming up? I will be using the bedrocks, yes, for the race coming up. And and. And I have, I'll have a backup pair of, I've got a, a, a pair of, they're basically water shoes. So if, if the trails get really, really muddy, uh, sandals, sandals tend to slip around. I, I, I can still manage, but you can't move nearly as fast as when you've got uh, shoes. But, but yeah, my, my, my shoes are about a six millimeter sole. So, uh, so they're a little bit thinner than my sandals. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Now, so we, we also talked about like on top of this barefoot running, is it chi running? Chi running, chi yes. running. Can you explain to us what that is? Because I'd never heard of it until I met you at the podcast movement and you started telling me that you did this. I've never heard of it before. And I mean, maybe some people have, but can you explain to us what this is? You guys also heard it here first on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Chi running is is based on the principles of Tai Chi, uh, the the Chinese martial art. If, if you probably have seen it, if you've not seen it in person, of people doing these very slow kind of flowy movements, uh, if, if there, it's been featured in several movies as well. So it's that's the the you'll see groups of people with these kind of moving their arms, swaying back and forth. That's that's Tai Chi. It's a a Chinese martial art, uh, and it's based on uh, balance and moving from your center. And so uh, Danny Dreyer was the one who came up with this method of running of the, of call it, call it chi running. And, uh, and his, he's taught it worldwide and has instructors. Uh, you can, you can find instructors almost everywhere. I'm working on my certification. I took the training to, to be an instructor and, uh, well, I'm going to, uh, going to, uh, meet, have to meet with a master instructor for six hours. So that's the, wow. that's the last step. And so, uh, so that, that's, that's coming up for me, uh, this year, but chi running is, is, is balance of, of having a, a strong central core and a, and, a, and an upright posture and, uh, falling forward from your ankles and keeping your feet your feet are landing under or behind your center of mass. And so gravity helps pull you, helps pull you forward. And, uh, and then the force of the road actually helps lift your feet. And so it's a, it's a, as, as you fall forward, lift your feet and your, your propulsion doesn't come from your legs. It comes from gravity pulling you forward. Is this something that you integrate into every single run now, or is this something that you have to go out on a specific run to do? I, and I, I learned about chi running from the beginning. And when I first started running a friend of mine, he called it chai running. Um, <laughs> chai <laughs> tea, chai running. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, but he was the one who told me about it. And, and so I learned my initial chi running just from reading, reading the book that's that Danny Dreyer wrote and watching videos and then kind of just going out and experimenting on my own. And even though I wasn't doing it perfectly, it, it worked. And that's what I did for yeah. my 50 mile run that for my hundred mile run, the, those things, I, I was able to run without, without the kind of injuries that most runners have, even though I wasn't doing chi running as well as I could, I took some of those principles. They worked well enough for me that they were, you know, they <sighs> let me do those kinds of crazy, crazy miles, uh, without getting injured. Um, so, but, uh, but now that, you know, I've gone through the, the course, I've, I've tightened up my form. My form is a lot better. Um, yeah, it, we, we say that chi running is a practice. It, it, there's, there's always, you can always improve. And so, uh, so as kind of like the, that meditation as every run that I, every run that I do, and of course, you know, my mind wonders, I get distracted. And when that happens, I usually trip over a root, you know, that's, it's a very easy thing to have happen. On oh, that trail. happens all the time. We like to not <laughs> say it happens ever, but it happens all yeah. the time. But, but yeah, as long as, as long as I stay focused and, and, and when I kind of, kind of do it kind of brings me back, it's like, oh, I need to pay attention to where my feet are. And so it's, it's a, an aware, the chi running is very much being tuned into your body and awareness of what your form and how your body is moving and what you're doing. So yes, I do that. I do that on every run hundred uh, percent of the time. No, my mind wanders and gets distracted, but it's, I'm always kind of bringing it back and checking in on my form. And it is, I, I credit that with my, with my ability to go the kinds of distances that I do. 
Now, how does this tie into the mindset coaching that you do? So I'm, I'm sure she running again, it's, it, it's focusing on connecting with yourself. How do you connect mindset into a lot of the ultra marathon re- training and racing that you do and all the running that you do? The, the mindset, the mindset piece, uh, is that, that, uh, the body, your body and your mind need to work together in partnership. Uh, there are a lot of, there are people out there who, who are they're, they're they use their mind to drive their body and, you know, the your body gets hurt and they're like, shut up, you know, what you, you know, where you're doing is just, and the, the body is, is like this, this, uh, the tiger mom or the drill instructor, uh, you know, if you, for the, for the army and, and you, you're, or, you know, the SEAL training people, you know, you're pushing your body to do things and, and well, if it breaks, then we'll, we'll deal with that later. Uh, my, my th- my approach is that the mind and the body need to work in partnership. And so uh, it's like in meditation, my, my meditation practice is, is getting in tune with my body and being, being able to know what's going on. So for running long distances, when I get into that, what they call the pain cave, when, when my body is, you know, doesn't want to go, it's, it's not my mind saying you're going to do this no matter what it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it is a, an integration and a, um, the, an encouragement. Um, and so, so that's, that was, that was my mindset training that I did to, to overcome my limiting beliefs was, was getting in touch with my body and my mind as well. And, uh, so yeah, the, it, it, that, that process translated very well to, to running ultra marathons. Now in your coaching, because I want to talk a little bit about you and what you do when you're working with a client, how do you work with them? I work with them in a way that that helps them respond the best. I I have I have a lot of tools that that I can use, um, but I've been in coaching situations where the coach hasn't has a formula, and uh, I tend to not to fit in most formulas, and so I yeah, I, I, I had to I had to adapt I had to adapt my learning style to their to their approach. Uh, I I have a lot of tools, and so I, I work with a client in a way that, that helps them. So, so it, it, they may not respond to the same things that work for me, but you know, if they, if they do, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of, a lot of tools. So, so yes, it, it is, it is still is, you know, the mindset of what you think and, and how you feel. So what basically what I say is I, I help people learn how to manage their thoughts and their emotions, not control manage because Con, you know, control, you, <laughs> you can't really control your thoughts. You can't control your no. emotions, but you can learn to manage them and, and managing your thoughts and your emotions and the stories that you tell yourself is, is really the key. And so that, that's kind of an, in a nutshell, my approach is uh, telling yourself a story, telling yourself stories about yourself is that's what, I'm, that's what mindset is. The story that you tell yourself about yourself is your mindset and telling yourself the story that says you can do this, you can win, you can, you can succeed. You can run that hundred miles. That's the ultra marathon mindset. Absolutely. Now, how do you, um, do you connect this in your podcast or is this strictly your coaching? I connected in my podcast. I, I try to interview runners, runners primarily, but people with stories of, you know, of going and doing epic things. Uh, and, and for some, I mean, you know, an epic thing for, for one person isn't the same. Uh, but, but yeah, people who have, 
people who are not the typical runner. I, I've, I, I have interviewed, you know, interviewed runners who have uh, had great success as well, but, but also the back of the pack, uh, the back of the pack people who, uh, who are the everyday average people who have to have to have the same kind of mindset, sometimes even more. I mean, a, a person who finishes a hundred mile run in 16 hours, I mean, there is, they're a superstar and that's great. But the person who's still out there after 30 hours and comes in just before the cutoff, that you know, they've had to have they've had to have the mindset to keep going twice as long as the person who won the race. Right. And not and, to mention, they're probably telling themselves those stories. I shouldn't be doing this. You know, like that person already finished is at home eating and taking a nap. And I'm still <laughs> out here doing this. Like, why? Although although there have been the trail running community is very accepting. I, I can't remember which race it was, but the winner stayed until the last person crossed the finish line and cheered everybody in. I uh, love that. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. And that, and that's, that's the beauty of, of the ultra marathon trail running community is that, you know, they, even the person who crosses the finish line last, which I have had the honor of doing three times, uh, the, they wait for you and they tear down and, and you may not get, you may get cold hot dog and no beer, but, uh, <laughs> but, but they celebrate, they celebrate everyone who crosses the finish line. You finish, like, what does it matter? Yeah. You can go yeah. get a warm hot dog somewhere else. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> now, real quick, um, just one question before we get into the last mile rundown, which is super fun, all about you. Um, what are you going to do that, like, what different thing are you already setting up to do in this race that you didn't do in the last race? I'm going to eat better. Ah, uh, key. First, the <laughs> first thing, yes, nutrition. That that for especially for the, the more the distance, the greater your need to to get your nutrition down. I can't eat solid food after 50 miles, yeah, and uh, yeah, I it I I just and so I'm planning I'm planning different. I the, the I've had several races that I've taken taken food that I've used in training, and then in the races, like I don't want to eat that. No, 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 give me something, and so yeah. Um, and I've run short on short on calories. Uh, so this I'm, I'm working on plans for, for how I'm going to, how I'm going to eat. (laughs) And then also, uh, this morning I, in my meditation, I've, I've visualized since I've run the course before I visualized each stage. I saw myself running through the night or saw myself, you know, what, what I was going to do and, and the, the places, uh, the places that I'll, I'll go. And so I've, I've visualized, uh, each, each one of those, uh, and then also, you know, coming in and crossing the finish line. So, so yeah, th- that's the kind of mindset thing that I'm, that I'm, that I work on and I teach my clients because the, the that visualization, uh, seeing yourself as a winner, seeing yourself succeeding. Um, and, and there's, you, you, have, you have to do it within your body and also as an outside observer, you know, there's two different, uh, to get, to really get the full benefits of that. It's such a key thing is that visualization. Really is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I want to go into the mile rundown. So the mile rundown is three questions that I want to ask you. One, to get to know yourself and two, to help the audience because we always have, everybody has certain things that they do that can also benefit others. So my first question to you, what book or podcast or type of material really changed your life that somebody should go out and read or maybe listen to that maybe could also in result change theirs? This, I, I, I'm going to have, I'm going to 
give you two. Yeah. Two books because I just ran across I, I, and I, I did it as a, I did it on Instagram and said, this book is going to be the second book that has, has changed my life. First book, how to break the habit of being yourself. Uh, Joe Dispenza. Um, it, uh, he, he's a great, great author. Um, and that book was the one that's, that's one that was for me the key to changing my mindset, breaking through my limiting beliefs. It was I, I've read hundreds of self help books, but it was that one that kind of hit. It was like, oh, this is how you make it work. This is how, you know, all the others like, oh, they defined my problem. I knew what my problem was, where it came from, and I knew why it was there, and I couldn't do anything about it. The, the, that book was like, oh, that's how you do it. It's so, a key. How to break the how to break the habit of being yourself. Love um, it. Integrating integrating your mind and your body. Uh, second one, just read it called Breath by James Nestor. And it's all about, it, he's call, he calls it the law, um, what's the sub, the, the subtitle is uh, the lost art of, the lost science of, of, I can't remember. Yeah, but it was, it was about the fact that so, so through so much of our history as humans, that there have been people who have discovered the power of breath and and how to use breath to change our physiology to change our to change our mindset and that that they've they've discovered it and then it's been lost discovered and lost uh, back and forth and so james nestor great great book and he tells a great story great author i love it now, number two, definitely. And if you're looking for the books um, after this podcast, they're going to be in the show notes. So just FYI okay, to everybody. So you don't have to rewind to find the spot. Um, so second question, because I kind of narrowed it down to three. We talk a lot about habits on this podcast. I like morning routines. I think when you set the tone for the morning, it really sets the tone for the day. What does your morning routine or, or habits look like um, as a runner, as just a regular person? Um. Protein, first thing, coffee, <laughs> bulletproof coffee. Um, I, I read, I, I try to read uh, a couple chapters from the Bible. Um, I, and this just started adding breath work from the, from the book Breath. Uh, I started, started adding uh, and really changing the focus of my breath. As I do breath work, I do a, a meditation, um, oh. prayer, and then... I do three yoga poses, three. Yeah. I'll do child's pose. I do down dog and I do pigeon. And that helps the um, hips and the back for runners. Yes. And it, it's like, and it was, and I, I have been doing it for, for a lot of years, but when I first started, I was terrible at it. I mean, I looked like, I looked like a pretzel trying to straighten himself out and, uh, and, and, and just, it's just like, am I ever going to, and I've gotten to where I'm, I'm flexible enough. I can, I can, you know, I, I'm you know, a yoga instructor. Probably tell me I'm doing pigeon wrong, but but I can get, I, I can get a pretty a pretty close to the floor of you know getting stretched out, and my my back hip is almost there the there the floor. So it's so close, yeah. so, close. <laughs> so close. I get it. Still I... working on it, but it's that's that's the other that's the other thing that you know I, I tell say that for success is you know, three steps to success: make a decision, decide what you want, and make that as a decision. Second, start yeah. and and start before you're ready. Go just start. Do something to put a stake in the ground to say I'm moving on my decision. Third step, don't stop and and keep keep 
getting, you know, keep working for it, keep trying to improve. Absolutely. Now this last question, my tagline is run your life. How do you make the choice every day to run your life? Um, that, that last one, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah. The, 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 and the, the mantra of every, every ultra marathon runner is keep moving forward. Relentless forward progress is kind of my tagline is, is just if, if you can't run, walk, if you can't walk, you know, stumble, just keep moving forward. And, and you, you may fail, you may, you, know, you may miss the cutoff, you may not make it, but keep moving forward. And, and then if, it. if it does, if you do fail, get up, try again. I love it. That's the best. <laughs> so Eric, if everybody, uh, if people want to find you, where can they find you? You can find me at my website, uh, at eric, ericdeter.com, E-R-I-C-D-E-E-T-E-R. Uh, I'm mostly on Instagram for social media, and that's that's also under Eric Dieter. Uh, my podcast, I just just got the just got a new URL. It is called Ultra Mindset Podcast dot run. Good job. Oh, I and like so, that. So uh, so I, I just I got a URL that takes you directly to the show notes rather than having to land on my webpage and find the podcast tab. So that's uh, so, yeah. awesome. That that's those are the best places to, to reach me. And and yeah, you can message me uh, you know, message me through the, the website uh, or on uh, or on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast, Erica. This was such a great conversation. So many takeaways yeah. from today's podcast. Yes, thank you. I, it's, it's, been a, it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. So thanks. I love it. So if you're listening to this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, add it to your library of podcasts to make sure we're up there number one. And check out Eric's podcast, The Ultra Marathon Mindset. Also add his there. Well, you'll you'll hear so many discussions about us lovely runners. So follow me on Instagram at the runpreneur, like entrepreneur, but runpreneur on Instagram and at run thrive survive just about anywhere else. And if you are listening to this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button there and share with your friends. Other than that, you guys, we will be here next week talking about, you know, some other new topic, fun topic. And as always, we're going to get out there to run our lives and not let life run us. Bye guys.